Welcome to the Cairo Radio Rundown, the only show where we get every Cairo Radio host's take on the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jake Rummel, your tour guide on the safari that is the Cairo Radio landscape. I'm usually the producer of the Tom and Curly Show. We've been distracted the last few weeks by a lot of election-related stuff, and we'll certainly be distracted again on Thursday, where, unless something really crazy happens, we'll be going over reactions to the Biden-Trump debate that's happening on the day of this episode's release. Today, though, we're going to focus on continuing protests in Seattle. Things got so bad over the weekend that interim Seattle Police Chief Adrian Diaz held a press conference imploring people to stop destroying things. First and foremost, let me be clear. The violence and lawbreaking need to stop. I'm asking every member of this community to join me in this call. For the past few nights, crowds of individuals with no clear message about change have been breaking windows, setting large fires, assaulting officers with rocks, bottles, and metal bats, throwing explosives at buildings and officers, and blocking first responders from addressing the criminal behavior and fires. Diaz says the longer these protests go on, the more they tie up resources that could be used for other things. My issue is not with peaceful demonstrations. However, information shared online by some of the parent organizers of these events make it clear what their goals are. To compromise the wellness and health of my officers, to tie up SPD resources, to decrease the support that SPD has in the community, and to disrupt normal community activities. As long as people are destroying property, looting, risking lives by starting fires, and generally rioting across the city, we will continue to deploy resources to arrest as many individuals as we can who engage in criminal behavior. We're working with our city, county, and federal partners to ensure individual, individuals who engage in this level of criminal behavior are held fully accountable. We'll start with Dave Ross of Seattle's Morning News. He was talking with Cairo Radio reporter Hannah Scott about who is responsible for the most destructive of these protests. So we don't know who was behind these protests. It doesn't sound like they were sponsored by anybody if they involved breaking windows. No, and a lot of them aren't... Uh, you know, they're not always sponsored by someone. There's there's different people that have kind of aliases that are on social media that call different demonstrations. But I, I didn't see any particular group involved in these over the weekend, no. Well, that's pretty bad then, isn't it? Because there's nobody who can tell them to stop. This, of course, feeds into this, this uh, image of Seattle as a place that is, uh, has now degenerated into anarchy. So is there a long-term solution to this? There, there's a lack of, of police. But, d- but they're going to cut them further. You're not getting any more police, right? Right. You're not getting any more police. But then on the other side, you're going to have the argument that the police being there and the police response on its own is what leads but to this kind sense. of reaction. At least it's what's happening now. It doesn't make any sense. The police didn't provoke, didn't, uh, provoke people into smashing windows arbitrarily. No, and that's where the message gets lost, I think. I think that, you know, the kind of widespread destruction and smashing of windows that you saw, it was really more than I've seen in, in demonstrations that I've been out in even early on in the summer. And once you start to do that, and there's no real clear message other than, you know, the solidarity maybe over here in Kentucky, but it's, it was, it was just intent on causing damage. And then the message gets lost and there's nothing that you can do as police. Uh, you have to have the cops there to try to stop that. Or maybe you don't. That's part of the discussion. Is property damage part of the things they need to respond to? We heard that from the former monitor that maybe it's not. Dory Monson on from noon to 3 p.m. says this is evidence of a city in moral decline. We cannot ignore the fact that there was more violent rioting on Capitol Hill this weekend. Uh, Capitol Hill residents very upset. A church that feeds the hungry was hit. And I think that that is counterproductive when it comes to the cause. Like, say, for instance, the church over here, they had the windows broke. That church fed everybody in this park 
like last summer. This is a big I told you so. I told you that the next target, first target was the police. The next two targets are going to be our schools and our churches. Because to this radical Marxist left, and remember, communism uh, is, you can't even be an agnostic. You must be an atheist under communism. The churches are next with the radical left. We are the most unchurched city in the country. Fewer people attend church service regularly in Seattle than any other city in the country. Now, again, that's not reflective of anything other than, you know, on, with individuals. I know many agnostics and atheists who are good moral people, and they live lives of being good family people and uh, community service, all of that. But as a statist thing, uh, it's a horrible thing to remove churches from our society. And we've seen that. That's why we have so many lost and lonely souls in Seattle. We have so many people with gaping holes in their souls because uh, we don't have the things that connect communities and that's your schools and your churches we have fewer kids than any city in the country and we have fewer church attendance than or less church attendance than any city in the country those are two things that traditionally bond communities and that's why we've got a bunch of zombies walking around smashing windows every night g and ursula on just before dory from nine to noon both sounded a little fed up let me go to the very beginning. You start talking about some of the mayhem going on in City Hall. Uh, so there was some damage done, right? Um, give, give folks felonies. It's a, it's a felony. Let me explain. If I attack a federal agent, is that a felony? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you attack a federal building, it's a felony. Look. I'm tired of coming on the every single day. We are talking about people out in the streets wrecking things. We're talking about federal buildings and being destroyed. Come on, stop police with this stuff. Police officers being attacked. Hey, let's stop. Police officers also rolling over the, the necks of other people. Yeah, that's another story too. But uh, just real clear, real simple. Let's start handing out, handing out felonies to some of these people. If you want to attack a federal building, then you need to take federal consequences now you heard the police chief he says we don't have the number of officers available so we had a delayed response to that because we're too busy dealing with people setting fires breaking windows this is why this rioting needs to stop and i think police do need to take a zero tolerance approach at this point i'm not calling these people protesters these are anarchists and i don't use that word lightly i mean i hate i I, but at this point, one of the people arrested was this 19-year-old from Kirkland. I'm sure his reasoning has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter and everything to do with just trying to cause pain and destruction. Tom and John kind of similarly tried to grapple with when all these protests might finally start to fizzle out. Once again, they're speaking to reporter Hannah Scott. You mentioned Occupy okay. Movement. You sat there yes. with those losers for like four <laughs> months, and finally it just went it away. It just fizzled away. It just fizzled away. And after a while, these people, this ends up fizzling away the, i don't i guess i assume the people that did it in may maybe they've all gotten jobs or the money has run out because how do you do this every single night 
These people are what? Unemployed or their mom and dad. Maybe it's some kid who lives somewhere in the suburbs and mom and dad are paying for them to go out there and do this stuff. But does it just fizzle away? I mean, after a while, don't you just sort of get tired of just smashing things and setting things on fire and screaming just mindless sort of mob chants? Doesn't it just go away like Occupy? No, no. no. All right. I think. I mean, and I was literally just thinking about this. I was trying to remember how long the, how many months the Occupy movement was, and it really. I think after a few months, it fizzled uh, quite a bit, and there was still just kind of some hangers on for uh-huh. several weeks. They were all camped up out at Seattle Central College. Uh, this seems to have sustained itself a bit longer than that, as far as numbers go. A little bit larger crowds, but I think there's something very different about this because there is a very, very real feeling, and some of the. Bl- and I say Black Lives Matter not as part of the group, but the supporters of Black Lives Matter uh, messaging who are out there in these demonstrations, like your morning march and your every night march that mm-hmm. go out, and those kind of folks, they are definitely all about seeing this overall change where you have fewer police and that those dollars get put into the black community mm-hmm. uh, and all about the decades and centuries of mistreatment of of people of color so Mm -hmm. that fight i think i don't think it goes away quite as easily as the occupy movement last thing on this i also appreciated tom tangney asking what good diaz's press conference does anyone hannah what's what good is it for the interim police chief to say hey i don't want violence anymore I mean, I, I assume that we haven't want he's had, hasn't wanted violence from the beginning. Now he's is, serious, Tom. I will turn this car around. I swear, no. I will turn this city around, and we will go back home, and no one's going to the candy store. I think a couple of things. One, you cannot let that many four or five days of sustained violent protests go on in your city when you are the police chief without coming and saying something to the cameras. So I think it was a necessity. Okay, good. uh, But also, I think he he had a couple of messages there. He was you heard him call multiple times in this press conference for the community to get behind this to all of us call for an end to this violence all right usually this is where the episode would end but there was one other big story that every show addressed and that's the lengthy new york times investigation into donald trump's taxes that on its own could easily be its own rundown episode but because there's so much other stuff going on we're going to try something new rather than me walk you through everything i'm going to create a montage of host reactions with a sports highlight reel music underneath it to make it seem even more exciting undervalued his assets so that he wouldn't have to pay taxes. This is something that Michael Cohen claimed in his book. That right there is going to be tax evasion. There's avoidance and evasion. Invasion is you're going to jail. Avoidance is you've got more money to spend on stuff you'd like to buy. Did you see anything in there, though, that indicates he did anything illegal? The questions about illegality are... They, they seem mostly focused on tax law. Did he pay the right amount of taxes? Did he evade taxes? And that's a really hard area to sort of stand back from the outside and say, this is illegal, this is not. I have always said every one of us should pay as little in taxes as we legally can. Maybe it's a lie. You know the best way to prove this lie? Show your taxes. Show us. There's a lot of great information here, and I know you, you think that someone from the Nobody IRS cares, Tom. Nobody cares. I, I just want to point out that um, last year I had to pay more than $750 in taxes, a lot more. That's the level of someone who is making like $20,000 a year. Just putting the facts out there. Oh, my God. That took me way too long. I really shouldn't do that again. 
So that's the Cairo Radio Rundown for September 29th, 2020. Once again, I'm Jake Rummel. Please let me know what you think of the show on Twitter. I think it's also required as a podcaster that I ask people to comment and rate the show on iTunes. I've been listening to podcasts for years and years. I've never once done that in my whole life, but I really appreciate it if you are a better listener than I am and you did that. Thanks again for listening. You don't always have time to listen to every Cairo Radio show, but you'll always have time for the Cairo Rundown. Cairo Rundown.